Please join the Weekly Standard for an important policy forum hosted in conjunction with Concerned Veterans for America and the Manhattan Institute on the morning of August 7th at the Harvard Club in New York City. Entitled Liberty Versus Security, What is the Right Post-9-11 Balance in America?, this free breakfast forum will feature an expert discussion on the subject of how we as Americans can strike the proper balance between our guaranteed individual liberties and the need for collective national security in a dangerous world. This event will feature remarks and discussion from Congressman Peter King, John Stossel, host of Stossel on Fox News Channel, and William Crystal of the Weekly Standard, followed by an expert panel discussion. There is no charge to attend the event, and breakfast will be served. Space is limited and filling quickly, so please RSVP today to ensure participation in this event. To register to attend Liberty vs. Security, please click the link below the podcast. Here to help us make sense of the latest developments in the Benghazi story and also the view of the American people of the Obama administration is Bill Crystal, the Weekly Standard. Bill, so great to talk to you again. Hey, Michael. How are you? I have to be honest with you, for the first time in the Benghazi thing, I'm truly angry. The, C- the report of CIA agents and their families being more afraid of the Obama administration than the people who actually uh, conducted the attack, I just find, just it, it, as a citizen, it, it, it truly does shake me. You know, and I, I heard, I guess it was about a month ago, there was a little bit of reporting that they had had CIA agents sign, um, what are they called, do not disclose uh, um, forms, the kind of thing you... And I remember thinking, I, I was in government, I never heard of such a thing. Obviously, you can't disclose classified material, but you would right. sign a particular form about a particular set of events. Now, maybe that's happened in the past at the agency, I don't know. And maybe it's not true that they had them sign these, these forms, but if you put together the, the new reporting on, on the incredible uh, uh, you know, length they're going through to keep things secret, now maybe right. there's a national security reason for it. It's a little hard to believe at this point. Uh, maybe they just don't want to be embarrassed, but it is all look. But that's a phony scandal, aren't you aware of that, Michael? You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be looking into it. That the IRS, even though four Americans were killed in Benghazi, even though uh, the IRS, the top brass, were removed by the Obama administration as a result of what had happened there, uh, they're both phony scandals, and we're supposed to move on, and no one's supposed to be held accountable. But that's the that's why I'm mad for the first time when President Obama calls it a phony scandal. I think, well, it's just politics. You know, they, everything's a phony scandal. Right. And then when Jay Carney doubled down. Uh, but I didn't know then about what CNN then reported, that you have these regular uh, you know, monthly polygraph tests, and that according right. to Congressman Trey Gowdy, CIA fo- uh, uh, employees who were in Benghazi at the time have been forced to essentially go in, into hiding. How can my president look me in the eye and say this is phony while he's doing that to the people who were involved in the incident? Putting those two together to me, this is a new, profound level of, of my inability to trust my president. No, look, I, I don't disagree with that. You know, we've been here at the Weekly Standard obsessed, some people would say, about Benghazi from the beginning. I've always thought it was, and I, you know, again, I serve in the White House, so I think I have a little visibility into how the system should work. I always thought it was incredibly either odd or disgraceful or both moment in American history for the president to apparently be that disengaged on the night of the event. Uh, for him not to be in touch with the Defense Department or anyone else, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, for what happened to for the lying afterwards, the, the the ridiculous story about the video, and now we discover what, as you say, what we've just discovered. 
I, I do think I've always thought Benghazi was real, and the and the the tragedy obviously is real, and it's so tone deaf for the White House spokesman to say that's a phony scandal. I mean, a phony scandal is when I don't know you make up you know this a little embezzlement and you pretend that the president ordered it personally. It's not when four Americans are killed and a humiliating setback to the United States in that region occurs because a U.S. diplomatic outpost is overrun. And incidentally, CNN then investigates one of the people who seems, uh, then uh, has an interview for two hours with one of the people who was apparently involved, rather a key person, and we say we just can't find them. No one's been brought to justice. I mean, and then you have the story about the uh, polygraphs. Now, I, look, I, I think it's worth investigating. I think the House Republicans have done a pretty good job investigating it, actually, and I think they need to keep on doing it. The main advice I have for the House Republicans is do not let the media, do not let the administration tell you that, oh, the IRS, oh, Benghazi, people don't want to hear any more about that. Those are very important uh, to continue investigating and to to, to get shine a spotlight on. You mentioned a a setback. Uh, Let's see, I remember something about resetting relations with Russia, and then I remember... A secret co- or, or an off-the-cuff comment to the Russian president, we'll be able to work with you after the re-election. And then this guy goes to Russia, and he's trapped in the Russian airport. We got him right where we want him, and now he's roaming the uh, halls of the Politburo. I mean, it's, it is very dangerous for people not to fear a little bit and respect a lot an American president. They don't have to love him. They can think he's, you know, whatever they think about American presidents. But... I really think we've never been in a situation like this when people around the world, friends are incredibly worried about our steadfastness, about our reliability. Enemies seem to just uh, dismiss anything an American president says, and and unfortunately with good reason. I mean, uh, he's letting defense be gutted on his watch. He uh, lays down red red lines in Syria and doesn't enforce them. Uh, The reset with Putin... It's always well. We got to try this. You know, of course, there are going to be consequences if Putin doesn't help us with certain things. Doesn't help us with anything. Props up Assad when we say Assad must go. Props up the Iranians. It's totally unhelpful across the board. And uh, you know, we sort of look like supplicants, not like a serious great power. I had breakfast with a congressman this morning who told me a really chilling story about himself having had breakfast last week with a Middle Eastern ambassador from a major country in the Middle East and a friendly ambassador. Uh, who said just, you know, this congressman didn't even know, doesn't know him that well, the junior congressman. And the ambassador was incredibly frank, the congressman said to me, incredibly candid, and said, we, we do not know what to make of your foreign policy. We don't know what your president is doing. You guys are absent, and you have no idea how dangerous the world will get if you guys aren't present and taken seriously, and if people aren't a little scared of your displeasure. And none of that is the case right now. I've never seen a situation where uh, it, you know, uh, bothering the United, uh, upsetting the United States, I should say, really not just not cooperating, but but taking a simple case like this and throwing it back in our face, had so little consequence. Are we seriously talking about maybe we're going to skip a meeting with uh, uh, with uh, Putin? That's going to be the extent of the American reaction. Well, I don't even think we will skip that meeting, probably. Oh, so. no! Uh, but, yeah, no, you're right. And, and again, it's it's just, it's any one thing, of course, there's always, a, you know, maybe there's, you know, something goes slips through the cracks or some, some individual case. You don't want to take umbrage because you want to have other, other interests at stake. But to, for it to happen time, the cumulative effect is getting extremely dangerous, extremely dangerous. You, you, you announce the surge in Afghanistan. That's the good war. That's the one you're going to fight if you're the Obama administration. Well, actually, we're getting out of there, too. 
Iraq, you acknowledge that it would be better to have some troops there to keep it stable after the surge succeeds, even though you oppose that as senator. You're president. You just let it all, let all of our troops go, and now it's beginning to really descend into sectarian violence. You tell Iran they can't have nuclear weapons. Now you say, well, let's negotiate now that there's a new president. I mean, uh, and again, I come back to defense, incidentally, which the signals that sense. That, I mean, it's one thing for Congress to have some stupid votes and people to kind of demagogue a little on particular issues. For the president to just sit by as the sequester just guts defense, his own defense secretary said it's totally unacceptable. Panetta, even Hagel now says it's really, really bad. And the president has no proposal, no serious proposal, shows no urgency about changing it. Um, he still wants to spend much more on domestic discretionary, doesn't really care much about defense. I, it's, it's really uh, worry. It is genuinely worrisome. Well, Bill Crystal, now that you've got us all worried, we're ready for a great yeah. weekend. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, I'm not depressed. <laughs> i got to cheer myself up here. Well, you know what? We well, The good news is he, his approval rating is falling, as Jay Cost points right. out in the current issue of the Weekly Standard. Obamacare is really going to be a train wreck. Republicans need to be aggressive on that. They don't have to shut down the government. They need to be aggressive in trying to remove parts of it, delay and stop parts of it, key parts of it, like the individual mandate. And I think the good news is Republicans will do well in 2014. I think conservatives will do well. And I think Obama is making the case for a strong, limited government, national security conservatism, but domestic policy and abroad. It's just we've got to make it through three and a half more years of Obama, unfortunately. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time.